Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut welcomes you to this edition of Shi'ar Jeshub. Let's join Pastor Greg Scalzo as he continues the Heavenly Authority series. This morning we pick up the study we started last week on respect for authority and the limits of that respect. And we study the Pharisees, we looked at who they were, and their scribes known as the teachers of the law. And we went back into the Old Testament and we looked at Ezra, who was a template for all the scribes who would follow, or he should have been a template for all the scribes who would follow. We saw the importance of the scribes to the community of Israel, of copying, of transmitting, preserving the scriptures, of interpreting and teaching the people, very much like Bible teaches today. Remember in Nehemiah 8.8, 8, about the scribes, it said, So they read distinctly from the book in the law of God, and they gave the sense and helped them to understand the reading. So the scribes, they would read the word of God, they preserved the word of God, they read it to the people, and then they helped to give the sense of it the interpretation, the teaching on it. They were the scholars of God's word. And not only that, but in a theocracy like Israel, they occupied important positions in education, administration, administration of government, administration of justice. And we saw last time that the Pharisaic scribes and the leaders of the Pharisees shared power with the Sadducees on the Sanhedrin, the leading governmental and Supreme Court of Israel. Each community of Pharisees was organized under a scribe, and we saw that the Pharisees as a religious sect had the right basis or foundation in that they accepted the full word of God, all that we know of the books of the Old Testament. And so, unlike the Sadducees, they believed in the immortality of the soul, in existence after death, they believed in angels and spirits. They looked forward to a future resurrection. They looked toward a day of reckoning, and they anticipated the coming of Messiah. And they were very important in the education of the ordinary people who could not read. They would take, and it was their desire, like Ezra, to make sure the average man and woman would know the Word of God. So the Lord is not looking... The Lord Jesus is not looking to cause an uprising against these religious leaders. He doesn't want his followers to embrace a spirit of anarchy or a spirit of rebellion. And so we read last time in Matthew 23, in verse 2, Jesus says, The scribes and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat, that seat of judgment, because they have the right foundation in the law. Now, they're taking that law and they're burdening the people with all their oral traditions that they're heaping upon it. But at least they have the proper word of God. They sit in Moses' seat. Therefore, whatever they tell you to observe or obey, it'll say in the NIV, that observe and do. But do not do according to their works, for they say and they do not do. They do not practice what they preach. 
He doesn't want them to just rebel against him. He wants them to still keep the structure as long as God allows it to go on, to observe, to obey. Even though the individuals are corrupting themselves, they have the right basis. But then Jesus, once he tells them to have that respect, goes on to proclaim the truth of their situation. And we've read a lot of these uh, this section in Matthew 23, he pronounces the woes. He tells them the truth of the state of their souls. Woes, uh, grief, the primary exclamation of distress. Grief is following. God will judge them. Ruinous trouble lies ahead for them because of their arrogance, their pious show, their hypocrisy, their self-aggrandizement. They're grasping their religious myopia with all this oral tradition. All this will make them miss the very Messiah, which they are the religion that preaches. They are the only ones saying the Messiah is coming. Not the Sadducees, not the Romans, not the Greeks, not the pagans. They have the right foundation, but their own pride and arrogance and desire for people to look at them as something that they're not will cause them to miss the Messiah in their midst. Let's read some of these woes very quickly. Down to verse 13, and as you read them, I won't go through every one of them. We've gone through some of them. They are a caution to church leaders today because what happened in Israel, Jesus said, beware of the yeast of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. It happens in any religious structure. But woe to you, verse 13, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you shut up the kingdom of heaven against men, for you neither go in yourselves, nor do you allow those who are entering to go in. Woe to you, scribes, Pharisees, hypocrites, actors, for you devour widows' houses and for a pretense make long prayers. Therefore, you will receive greater condemnation. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you travel land and sea to win one proselyte, and when he is one, you make him twice as much a son of hell or Gehenna as yourselves. Woe to you blind guides who say, whoever swears by the temple, it is nothing. But whoever swears by the gold of the temple, he is obliged to perform it. Fools and blind, for which is greater, the gold or the temple that sanctifies the gold? And whoever swears by the altar, it is nothing, they forgive it. But whoever swears by the gift that is on it, he is obliged to perform it. The money coming in is very important. Fools and blind, for which is greater the gift or the altar that sanctifies the gift? Therefore, he who swears by the altar swears by it and by all things on it. He who swears by the temple swears by it and by him who dwells in it. And you can see how this was a point of great zeal for Messiah. Matter of fact, we're speaking about the respect he shows there in Moses' seat, do what they tell you to do, before he proclaims the truth of what's going on in their community and their souls. And we're going to see how he reacts in a minute to the high priest and the Sanhedrin. But the one time you see Jesus really riled up is when you have the money changes, right? It happens two times, early in his ministry and then right at the end when he comes into Jerusalem on the Passion Week. And he chases out the money changes, he overturns, because now they had a system where they had to bring 
sacrifices and offerings. And only certain things were acceptable in the temple. So someone could say, well, the money changes were playing an important role, helping them convert the currency into the acceptable currency, helping someone from outside uh, Jerusalem come in and buy the proper um, sacrifice to offer. But they were making a lot of money on it. The focus became money. It wasn't so much that there might not have been some need for them, but the whole function got turned around that the holiness of the temple, the holiness of the altar, the holiness of the assembly got put into the shadow of the financial system. And that's when there's a problem. And that's the one time you see Jesus really get riled up like Samson, the anger of the Lord comes upon him. No one can stop him. The chief priests see it and they're afraid because the people hold him a prophet and nobody stops him. And he's able to come back in and then teach after that. But that's as far as any rebellion, as far as a earthly uprising went. Zeal for your house has consumed me, has eaten me up, the prophet said. And that's what he's speaking about here. Verse 22, And he who swears by heaven swears by the throne of God, by him who sits on it. Woe to you, scribes, Pharisees, hypocrites, for you pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin, and have neglected the weightier matters of the law. What are the most important matters of the law? Justice and mercy and faith. Justice and mercy and faith. These you ought to have done without leaving the others undone. It wasn't wrong that they were concerned with tithing, but they had it down to such a system to show how great they were. And they placed such a burden on the people without any mercy or forgiveness for those who found themselves in situations where they just could not. That the weightier matters of the law, justice, faith, mercy, were left undone because of their focus on the small, the narrow, the myopia. That's what I was speaking about before. And Jesus gives us a great symbol of it. Blind guides who strain out a gnat. They strain out a gnat. Now, it's good to get rid of a gnat. You don't want a gnat in your food, right? But they swallow a camel. Everything flips around. It's the tendency of religious systems, or as we get too much in the flesh, to flip the priorities around, to swallow the camel and focus on the gnat. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. And this is a section I, we studied several weeks back. I, I'll just read it. For you cleanse the outside of the cup and dish, but inside they are full of extortion and self-indulgence. Blind Pharisee, first clean the inside of the cup and dish, that the outside of them may be clean also. The inward is more important than the outward appearance. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like whitewashed tombs, which indeed appear beautiful outwardly, but inside are full of dead men's bones and all uncleanness. Even so, you also outwardly appear righteous to men, and they got a lot of praise. They seem way more pious than the chief priests and the Sadducees. But inside, you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. It's not what shows on the outside the appearance you try. It's what really is inside your heart. God can see it. Men can be fooled, but God sees what's inside our hearts. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, because you build the tombs of the prophets and adorn the monuments of the righteous and say, if we had lived in the days of our fathers, we would not have been partakers with them in the blood of the prophets. And you can see the prophets were important to the the Pharisee teaching as opposed to Sadducees. 
Therefore, you are witnesses against yourself that you are sons of those who murdered the prophets. And we talked about that several weeks back. By their attitude of pride, they take and associate with themselves with the ones who killed the prophets. And if a prophet was right in their midst now, they would do the same thing. It's very easy to make a statue, a monument to a saint, to someone back hundreds of years ago who doesn't impact you today and that you can bury underneath traditions very hard when they're confronted with a prophet right then and there in their time. Therefore, you are witnesses against yourself, verse 31, that you are sons of those who murdered the prophets. Fill up then the measure of your father's guilt. Serpents, now he doesn't hold back, right? From going to saying, observe them, do whatever they tell you to do, let's not have an uprising against them, he tells them straightforward, serpents, brood of vipers, how can you escape the condemnation of Gehenna, of hell? Therefore, indeed, I send you prophets, new wine, wise men, and scribes, new scribes. Some of them you will kill and crucify, and some of them you will scourge in your synagogues and persecute from city to city. And the book of Acts tells you the persecution against Jewish believers by those who were unbelievers. You can find information about Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle on the web. The address is www.shiarjeshub.org. Besides location and time for services, you will find an archive of our radio programs and commentaries by Pastor Greg for serious Bible study. That's S-H-E-A-R hyphen J-A-S-H-U-B dot O-R-G. May the Lord Jesus bless you as you serve him.